Hello, and welcome to the Power Your Advice podcast, brought to you by Advisorpedia. In this series, we interview innovators from across the financial services industry to help you understand who they are, what they do, and why that matters to you and your clients. And now, please join your host, Doug Heikinen. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Today, we've invited Nate Blair, who's a partner at Palo Alto Wealth Advisors. Nate is here to share his journey as a financial advisor from his path to success, co-founding Palo Alto Wealth, and the power of visual storytelling in client acquisition and their exciting vision for the firm's future. Welcome, Nate. Hey, thanks for having me. Can you tell us a little bit about becoming a financial advisor? What was your path to get there? Sure. Yeah, I would say my path from talking to other folks in the industry wasn't super traditional. So I... um. I started out in finance right out of undergrad, uh, worked in investment banking for a little bit, then spent a good amount of time in private equity, both before and after business school. Um, and immediately prior to um, joining Palo Alto Wealth Advisors, I was working for a firm called Atos Capital, which is a large institutional asset manager. Whole career was always on sort of the investment side of things, first as a direct investor, then as an allocator, and never really had that kind of sales kind of outbound, uh, dialing for dollars sort of role that I think a lot of people in the industry cut their teeth on before becoming an advisor. I think my desire to join Palo Wealth Advisors was first and foremost informed by uh, my business partner, Ryan, who had started the practice um, shortly after we graduated business school, had grown it to a point where he was ready to bring on a partner. And he and I had talked on and off again over the years about um, working together in, in some capacity. And so finally, the stars aligned where he was ready to, to bring somebody on and I was ready to branch out on my own and, and give entrepreneurialism a little bit of a shot. And so uh, made the jump in 2017. Partnership is is a big deal um, in deciding to do that. So what made you feel comfortable partnering with Ryan? How did that come about? And talk about Pelo 12. Yeah, for sure. The hardest hurdle, I think, when you're partnering up with somebody is trust. It's in a lot of ways requires the same amount of trust that like a marriage does. And I think one of the things that made it relatively easy for Ryan and I to to make it work is that we had that friendship and trust built up over a decade. We have a lot of alignment in terms of, I think, how we see the world, our values. And so that negotiation process, so to speak, of, of me coming on board and um, becoming a partner was was relatively straightforward. And when you have that kind of, I think, foundational alignment in terms of how you view ethics and morals, right and wrong, I think that goes a long way in terms of making decisions and, and setting a firm culture. What do you feel you bring to your clients that's unique? Yeah, I mean... I think there are a lot of folks offering advice in in the Bay Area. It's a it's a pretty fertile ground for you know wealth creation, and so there are a lot of people trying to help folks out with managing that wealth. I think the the gap that we saw was there are a lot of people that want to cater to those C level folks that have their startup windfalls and tens of millions of dollars of wealth, and then there's the push for kind of that mass affluent channel, whether it's done in an automated fashion or with a human element. Um, where we kind of slot in 
is people that maybe weren't sea level, but you know, were at the right place at the right time, have accumulated enough wealth where preserving that capital is is meaningful to their plan, but they're not necessarily at that drop the mic stage. And so they still have to make trade-offs. They still have like the decisions they're making, whether it's about their portfolio or other really you know meaningful financial decisions such as career choices or real estate decisions or things like that they want to work with us to help figure out the the viability of some of those decisions the impactfulness of their plans and because we work almost exclusively with folks in tech we've had a lot of reps helping folks with those decisions and so i think the level and depth of advice we can give around things like how to think about an equity compensation or how to think about the trade-offs between working at a big tech company or going to a startup. Those are the kind of questions that we help our clients think about and answer. You're a huge fan and you also coach baseball. What about the game brings you joy and does it somehow translate into your style of wealth management? Uh, I do love baseball. Um, loved it since I was a kid. And these days, as you mentioned, I, I'm privileged to be able to coach both my sons in, in baseball. I mean, there are a lot of things I love about it. I think, you know, I was a history major in undergrad and baseball is one of those games that really honors its history. So I, I think I appreciate that. And then when I get to kind of marry that with the, the quantitative kind of wonky side of, you know, finance and baseball both have tons of statistics and ways to measure things. And so I like that aspect of it too, as a fan, but more of my time these days is spent coaching. And what I really love there is just the opportunity to introduce kids to the game, get them loving baseball like I do. And, and first and foremost, just giving them memories. I think, you know, when I talk to a lot of adults, they have very fond memories of youth sports, Little League in particular, a lot of times. And so, you know, one of the things I try to do is figure out for each kid that I coach, how can I best set them up to have that that memory that they take with them for the rest of their lives and as in terms of how an interfaces with wealth management i mean i think there's a coaching element to this role that is similar to coaching baseball as well and i think what's important there is you've got to you've got to kind of know the game but you also have to know the player and how to communicate things in a way that's going to be most effective for them and so I definitely try to bring that perspective of that kind of individualized attention. And, and there are a lot of like there's you can know how to coach swinging a baseball bat, for example, but the specific cues that you're going to give to a kid can vary from one to another. One, you know, one thing may work for one and not another. And I think the same goes for providing any kind of advice or coaching, including financial advice. And then I guess the other thing that I've always tried to do as a coach is really emphasize goal setting. I think it's an important skill for kids to have. And so I really encourage them to think about goals, communicate those goals to me so I can, as a coach, help them achieve them. And that's part and parcel with what we do in, in our practice as well. I mean, that's really what we're trying to achieve is helping clients you know, reach their goals. You mentioned it's super hard to differentiate yourself, especially in the Bay Area. So when you were attempting to grow your firm, how did you think about marketing yourselves? I think, you know, even the question itself implies some intentionality that we didn't necessarily have. Neither Ryan or I are particularly salesy people. Um, 
And, you know, kind of like I alluded to earlier, that's not how we kind of came up in the business. And so what was intentional, even predating my joining the firm, was the focus on tech professionals. And so I think having a niche, having a, you know, a clearly defined sandbox that you are playing in matters. And we were very fortunate to have clients that were very welcoming with referrals. And so got some good growth that way. But certainly when I joined the firm, we had some capacity beyond that, that, you know, we wanted to grow. And so tried a couple different things, tried to build referral relationships with CPAs and estate attorneys and that had frankly limited success. A lot of folks already have a lot of those relationships in place. And then we also tried content marketing where we would put together white papers or blog posts or LinkedIn posts, um, touching on topics specific to folks in tech, but found that there's a lot of uh, a lot of content out there. It's really hard to differentiate the signal from the noise we would get some interest for resulting from some of those some of those content marketing efforts the filter wasn't particularly good we were not getting folks that were necessarily a really great fit with our firm and so that's what we tried and and what didn't necessarily work your site is very unique and it's built around two short film bios by Drew Force at Force Brand Design and and they're beautiful what about this idea attracted you and Ryan to it we had some history with Drew. Ryan had worked with him previously. And so again, I think um, having that previous relationship, knowing that, you know, one, that Drew knew his stuff, but two, that he was trustworthy really helped when kind of Drew initially pitched us the, this idea. And he showed us one of the short bio videos that he had done for another firm. And one, the, the look and feel of it was incredibly professional. Um, and really compelling. And as Ryan and I thought about it, it really kind of solved for what we were trying to do. Folks that are choosing to work with an advisor, especially when it's not necessarily one of the large name brand firms, they're really making a choice to work with an individual. And I think the, the chicken and the egg there is how do you communicate to them who you are as an individual in a relatively low effort way for them? Because our clients are busy. Most of them uh, are averse to picking up a telephone, let alone taking the time to come in and meet in person. And so to us, the short bio video really kind of solved for giving prospective clients the introduction to who we are in a way that kind of met them where they were. So they could you know, have that introduction whenever and whenever, wherever they wanted it. What's the process from looking at yours and Ryan's? You really let the crew into your personal world. Absolutely. So it was a lot of time. I mean, Drew spent time with us on the front end, you know, interviewing us by phone. Um, he and his team uh, drove into town um, or flew in as, you know, as well. And um, the first half a day was him just being in our office, talking to us, getting to know us more, kind of teasing out different potential storylines we went to dinner and, and really just spent time getting to know each other. And then the next day basically was a full day of filming where it was a very kind of free ranging conversation. And I think Drew kind of behind the scenes had an idea, you know, a rough storyboard in his head of where he thought, um, you know, a compelling video would go. Uh, and then once we kind of finished the, in, uh, the interview recording portion, 
uh, Drew and Jake spent a lot of time going with us to different locations to do some really cool B-roll filming, both with us individually and with our families, and using some really fancy high-tech equipment um, in the process of doing that. What's been the result of this effort in terms of new clients, growth of the firm? What have you seen? Yeah, I mean, the feedback we've gotten around the site has been incredibly gratifying. And the videos are really front and center in that. I think the most frequent word I hear in reaction to the videos is authentic. And that's because I think Drew did an amazing job like capturing who we are. And I've had, since we put the videos up, multiple kind of prospects that became clients that came in inbound through the website and specifically cited that video is a reason for them reaching out or a reason that they reached out and you know wanted to talk to me specifically or Ryan specifically because he and I are different. And so um, that's another thing that having those videos up there does is allows prospective clients to kind of select into who between the two of us they may you know prefer to work with. And so I think definitely like tangible results in terms of growing the business. And then also, I think those perspective, unlike the kind of earlier content marketing effort I talked about, the self-selection of those clients, when they see those videos, if they're like, okay, I, I know enough about Nate based on this video to want to meet him in person or, or have a conversation with him, they end up being a much better perspective fit um, by and large than, than what we got with kind of more academically oriented content. They're just wonderful. You seem to be in a very good place about where the firm is. What do you see for the future? So I, you know, really happy with where the firm is. I think, um, you know, one of my my favorite authors is is Kurt Vonnegut, and I was fortunate that he spoke in my college graduation. And one of the things he said is that, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but basically, when things are going well, you should be able to just take time and say to yourself, "If this isn't nice, what is?" And I think that's kind of where we're at as a firm right now. We have wonderful clients. We've added to the team in the last year. Um, and so that's given us some capacity to, to work with more clients. And, and that's working out really well so far. And as far as the direction from here, I think our general view is that rather than try to think about strategy in some kind of grandiose way, let's just keep doing what's right for our clients and good things will flow from there. This has been great. Thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure. No, thanks for having me. To learn more about Palo Alto Wealth, please visit paloaltowealth.com. Please follow us for timely updates on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook, all at Advisorpedia. For everyone at Advisorpedia, our producer, Julia Smolin, our engineer, Tori Miller, and the Power Your Advice podcast team, this is Doug Heikman.